Where were you when the world stopped turning On that September day Were you in the yard With your wife and children Or working on some stage in L.A. Did you stand there in shock At the sight of that black smoke Rising against that blue sky Did you shout out in anger And fear for your neighbor Or did you just sit down and cry Did you weep for the children Who lost their dear loved ones Pray for the ones who don't know Did you rejoice for the people Who walked from the rubble And sobbed for the ones left Did you burst out with pride for the red, white, and blue And the heroes who died just doing what they do Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer And look at yourself and what really matters But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us And the greatest is love I remember But you know what? That's not what we're going to talk about this hour I couldn't remember exactly where I was I was at home in my shower And Jennifer ran and said You've got to get out here You've got to see this And I spent the next hour literally shaking and crying in rage, absolute rage. And I hope this surprises you to hear it. But as a young man, I could give you the phone numbers to my five sisters. They could attest to this. Uh, I had an uncontrollable temper as a young adult and and as a young man, absolutely uncontrollable temper. Uh, it was not pretty. Uh, the good Lord and my sweet wife beat that out of me, thank goodness. And I hope none of you have seen it. I think I've only distra- displayed it three or four times in the last 40 years. I've seen it. Um, but I had a rage that day. But today, I invited absolutely one of my most special guests that we ever have on the show. Associate Professor of History, Dr. David Dean from Grand Canyon University. And I said, Doctor, would you consider coming on our show? And I don't want to talk about 9-11. I want to talk about the patriotism. I want to talk about the unity. I want to talk about the love that was manifested on September 12th. Welcome, Dr. David Dean. Good morning. It's good to be here. Oh, when man. I got that text from you. I think I replied back in about, what, 10, 15 seconds? I, I, I'm not even sure it was that long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm happy to be here. And you're absolutely right. There's a, uh, there's a lot to be said today as uh, America and Arizonans remember and commemorate this day. But it shouldn't be a day of somberness. It's a day to remind us that as uh, uh, on that day, America was unified. Uh, we were outraged. We were anxious, but we were also willing to give the shirt off our back, the shoes off of our feet, uh, donate blood, donate water, anything that we could do to help. Americans wanted to respond and to help each other. Well, I think we were kind of, we woke up the next morning 
And here's how I remember it. Um, some of the headlines were, the Twin Towers is capable of holding 50,000 people. It could have been so much worse. Right. It could have been so much worse. They say that the first responders, the work that they did, saved 30,000 lives. On that. It's the greatest evacuation in the history of the world, that they saved 30,000 lives in a matter of less than 40 minutes or so. I mean, it's just amazing. I, I became familiar just in the last couple of days with a particular man by the name of Rick Riscarla, who was at Morgan Stanley, who occupied six floors of that building. He alone is responsible for saving almost 3,000 lives. Wow. That's incredible. I saw a story about a man who uh, they had gone down together and the, his, one of his, the men had had uh, loafers on. And just in all the rubble and everything, they were just gone. And his feet was bare. And uh, uh, the man with him pulled out a pair of gym shoes and gave them to him and said, put these on your feet so you can get, help get out of here. I yeah. mean, that's how people did. They wanted to help. If you'd like to share your story of patriotic hope of 912, feel free to join us here this hour at one 767 That'll put you in touch with Miss Jennifer, and uh, we'll get you on air. Share with us your story. I met, I met a Navy captain just this past week. I was at his home, and uh, as... I was leaving. I said, now tune in. We're going to talk a little bit about 9-11. And boy, you could tell I'd hit a nerve. He says, I was sitting in the Pentagon and was blown out of my chair on 9-11. Well, and, and the Pentagon is another example where people helped one another. The hallways were crowded. It's a very confusing building to be in. And in the dark, people held hands, they held onto each other's belts, and they crawled their way through the rubble and got out uh, with people saying, I've got you, follow me, you know. And so it's a great thing. And, of course, um, at uh, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, Flight 93, um, the Heroes Flight, what, talk about you know people who said, we're going to not just worry about us, but we know what's happening, and we're going to save thousands of other lives in our nation's capital. And so just amazing day, the acts of heroism and, and, and contributing to one another. We didn't have any differences. We were just all in this together. And you, go ahead. I was saying, I probably should know this, but do they know where 93 was originally headed? Where, yes, what was, was that target? It, it was actually targeted headed out to uh, Los Angeles or something. It was heading out to the West Coast. That's one of the reasons the, the hijackers picked those airline flights because uh, cross-country ones because they were – Loaded with more fuel. And when they but, turned. I mean, when, yeah, where were the terrorists trying to turn it back around we, to? The White so, House so or the Capitol yeah, building? The, the Capitol. They were actually uh, got out kind of near Pittsburgh. And, and that's when they turned the plane around. And in that flight kind of down towards where Shanksville, which is just north of Maryland and, and West Virginia right in there, um, that's when the plane was taken back over and said – because by that time, people were calling and knowing what was going on. And so they said, our plane is obviously going somewhere. And so we're going to try to take it back. That would put it close to another very historical monument in American history. That would put it pretty close to Gettysburg. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, another, really another strongly bloody week, at, uh, a week at, uh, there, three days of battle there at uh, Gettysburg. So, the, yes. The waking up 9-12, or going to bed 
was kind of a, a peculiar evening, retiring that evening. Uh, waking up the next morning, turning on the news, and seeing investors refusing to flee the market, making yep. a stand of unity. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Hearing that every American flag in every drugstore and hardware store in America was sold out. Right. Mm-hmm. Flags hanging everywhere. And I thought, I'm the, now with the tears of rage I had yesterday, now I'm standing in front of the TV, tears of thanksgiving mm-hmm. for who and what this country's made of. People flew flags that had never really considered flying flags. Um, that was a sign of patriotism, of unity. Uh, people came together to show this support. And of course, you know, flags have always historically been a nationalistic symbol that rallies people, inspires people, motivates. We talk about our flag with a lot of reverence and what it stands for, the colors, for people who have fought and died for it and things. And so um, everybody, again, that shared experience, the flag became the one thing that people could put in their hands and put in front of others and say, we're together. I'm with you, you know, on this. The Arizona Republic front page section of that day. Yeah, so this is, uh, I brought here a, a copy of the special edition Wednesday, September 12th. And you've got the terror and you've got the photos on the front and whatnot. But in the back of the section is a full page American flag printed in color so that you could fly it in your cubicle. You could tape it up to your window. You could put it in your car. You could care that you had a flag if you couldn't find one at a store. Right there. Arizona Highways. Uh, Arizona Republic. Mm-hmm. It was just one example of how we kind of came together. And I'd like to continue sharing these stories about coming together and the unity and the patriotism. You know, I, Jennifer and I just finished a recent tour where I was able to visit a couple presidential homes, uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, and I picked up a book, What They Gave Their Life For. Mm-hmm. And it was the, every signer. Of the, of the Declaration of Independence, a little bit about their background and what they gave up and what they put on the line mm-hmm. by inking their name to that document. Sure. Yeah, an act of treason, all for something that was greater than themselves. And I, I, I did get a, a pretty good quote sticker from yeah. that same presidential visitor center and it's a picture of george washington and it says it's only treason if you lose the war (laughs) (laughs) that's really good if you win the war it's a revolution (laughs) you know americans americans use rallying cries all the time during the uh uh, mexican-american war when uh texans uh, captured a cannon from the mexican army and the mexican army wanted it back they made a flag that said Come and take it, you know, so um, as they were aiming it back at them and charging across the Rio Grande. So uh, Americans rally together. And uh, I think that the, the 9-11 is that's the message that we we got on, on September 12th is that we're going to rally together, whether it's to fight international terrorism or whether it is to help each other out to responders from all across the country. We didn't really use that term first responders before That's 9-11. Right. That's right. But after that, 
people responding, and I think that that's something that's very, very American. They went from all over the world, all over the country to ground zero to help. We're here with Dr. David Dean from Grand Canyon University, talking primarily about 9-12 and the hope and the patriotism that we saw restored for a good amount of time in this country. If you've got a story you'd like to share about what you saw, what you experienced, give us a ring at one 767 We're not getting into politics. We're staying on hope and patriotism and America. Dr. Dean, you brought in the Arizona Republic. Yes, uh huh. From September 12th, and it had the American flag in the back. I don't know what the, I don't have a physical copy of the paper today, but on Republic's website, the top article is how Pat Tillman became a forever memory. Right. That's, uh, again, part of the response to 9 11 was people signed up, people joined the military. uh, once uh, the war on terror was kind of uh, uh, materializing, people went and signed up. And, and, of course, it was a shocker to Arizona sports fans and whatnot, but nobody faulted him. Everybody really respected that he went off and did signed up for that. Pat Tillman did. And, of course, uh, over there several years later, uh, serving his country, he was, uh, he was killed and, um, and forever immortalized by a scholarship program that helps veterans and does a number of kind of things. And so his patriotism, his sacrifice and whatnot is, is part of an Arizona story. It's, it's enduring. And ASU has posted a picture of their field for today. And at the 50-yard line, they've got one of the towers on each side of the 50-yard line, the whole length of, uh, of the field. The, their field grass manager, I forget his name, but he's been on with yeah, us yeah, before. Yeah, he, he has. Very creative. and. Uh, does a, a phenomenal job with uh, what, what would you call that football field art? That's right. Yeah, and, and pay attention to every end zone at every home game because he did a, topo- a topography map on the uh, topography map on either end zones for one game, and I didn't realize what it was until he told us. Very, very much art. Let's see if we can take Bill real quick. I've invited callers to join us and tell stories of the hope of September twelfth. Good morning, Bill. Hi, Rosie. Thanks for taking the call. You bet, my friend. I, I wanted to tell a little story. I was, uh, of course, it was a, a horrible day. I have, I had, my wife and I just had our first child five days before that. So it was a little scary for us being first-time parents. And um, I was a successful contractor, a, a low-voltage wiring contractor. And I'm holding my five-year-old son when president, or he was actually seven days when the president uh, made the speech in front of Congress. And he asked uh, America, said, you have to do something for your country. Uh, so that um, the next day I went and signed up to get my uh, master's degree in education. So I became a part-time contractor and a full-time educator. Um, and I, looking at my son and watching him grow up, and I actually, I actually was able to be his teacher and all of his friends' teachers, and watching those kids grow up and seeing the hope in their eyes and, and seeing the future and, and, and what they're going to do. My son's now a, a medical student at the U- University of Arizona. And uh, that's the hope. I, so I just wanted something better for them. And I see that uh, 
I know people ought to disparage the, uh, the younger generation, but I, I see these kids every day, and I see a lot of hope, and, and I see the future as being bright for us. And I don't think that message gets portrayed enough. And, Dr. Dean, you certainly see your share of young adults on Grand Canyon University campus. The, the, the repeated story we hear all the time, society's going to pot. <laughs> I disagree with that, boy. I, Me too. Maybe I'm kind of biased with mm-hmm. my students at Green Canyon University because, mm-hmm. as as uh, Marion and I, my wife was were talking about just last night, you know, they're good kids. Really, they are. They have hearts for others. They want to serve their communities. They want to make a better world. It's it's inspiring. It keeps me young, and so uh, I'm not worried about our future. I'm I'm not either. Now let's talk about some of the statistics of nine twelve. You shared a statistic of flags mm-hmm. sold by Walmart, 9-12-2001. Right. In Arizona, 116,000 flags in one day from the Walmarts around the state of Arizona. That's just Arizona. Mm-hmm. How many? 113,000? 116,000. 116,000. 116, yeah. That means 116,000 of the, what, 6.5 million at the time decided that I needed to flag? Show it. Yeah. Fly it. Yeah, that's just again uh, the the patriotism and the flag seems to be the kind of the one thing that people rally to. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can show your patriotism and whatnot, but that was the one thing that people really rallied to. And of course, some days later, when uh, we saw the image of the firefighters raising a flag, much like the iconic yeah. Iwo Jima flag, that's right, Amen. Uh, raised when they raised that flag over the over the rubble site, over the Ground Zero site. Now, that is an iconic image that uh, is still today. Uh, one, a great friend of mine who passed away this summer ha- had that in his office uh, as his reminder. 20 years later, that was hanging in his office, a picture, that picture, because he believed in that unity, that purpose that came along at that time. Well, we've got Megan on the phone. And Megan, I'm not going to be able to bring you into the conversation right now. We're going to go on a short break. But she has a story about the hope and the response and the love that she saw on 9-12. That's what we're interested in sharing today. Folks, America is the best there is. Anybody trying to convince you different, give them my cell number. He stands in the face of evil And will not lose hope or faith America, the land of freedom Is still the home of the brave So raise the banner Called, oh glory, let us join our fellow man. Don't you just love that? Man, oh man. And I love representing organizations that are strong in their affiliation with veterans, first responders, and America. And one of those sponsors 
that is the very forefront of standing with those is Sanderson Ford. Sanderson Ford is a strong, strong provider of community support, first responder support. They're a great member of our community. Now, they also just happen to be the most award-winning Ford dealership in the entire country. And they're right here in your neighborhood. There isn't another, I haven't visited another car dealership in about 18 years. And I visited a couple because I had been buying at Sanderson Ford for so long before that. I thought, well, let's go see what everybody else has. Didn't miss nothing. I didn't miss nothing. Been back at Santa, didn't buy anything anywhere else, but have been sending family, friends, my company, both my company, all three of my companies. They don't get vehicles anywhere but Sanderson Ford. And if you'll just take it from me, when you're in the market for a new or great used car, stay right here in the community. Go with someone that supports America, supports Arizona, supports your neighborhood. The good folks, family owned and operated, Sanderson Ford owned and operated. I think they're going on six. Now they just had the 66 sale. So I think they're going on 67 years old and 64 acres of vehicles. You will never, ever regret stopping at the lot on 51st Avenue, south of Glendale, of Sanderson Ford. Continuing our celebration of American patriotism here on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, there are events all over the state going on. Uh, Not hard to find, just uh, search them in. But one interesting one, have you seen the Tower Challenge Foundation out of Tucson? They have uh, three three different locations uh, at the Tucson Convention Center, um, wherever the Coyotes play, I can't remember the name of the stadium in Glendale right now. The Glendale Arena. The Glendale Arena. Um, and then NAU Skydome. Mm-hmm. And you go uh, climb 2,071 steps, which is how many steps were in the uh, World Trade Center, all 112 stores. But one interesting one as well, there's a Carefree Arizona is the Carefree 9-11 Reflection. Resident and former Marine Sergeant Bob Jenkins will speak about his experience being in the 39th floor of the World Trade Center on that day. That's at 6 o'clock tonight at the uh, town council chambers. That'd be interesting. There are a number of events. I think Glendale, uh, sorry, Gilbert's having something at 630. Mesa Amphitheater's having something, East Valley, and all over the state. Even Sedona's, I think, having something, so... And let's bring Megan into the conversation, who has called. We've asked for people to call and share with us stories they have of the hope and the love and the unity and the patriotism they saw on 912. Good morning, Megan. Hi, Rosie. Tell us your story. Thanks for taking my call. You betcha. So my daughter and I uh, lived together and worked together on the morning of 9-11. And we, while we were getting ready for work, that's when we saw what happened. And we both just were stunned. We called in to our boss, told him we weren't going to be in work. And then we went straight to the Red Cross, thinking that we were going to donate blood when we got there. Because we didn't know what else we could do. When we got there, there were hundreds of people wrapped around that building in line 
to give blood. The Red Cross volunteers were beside themselves because they didn't have the staffing to deal with those people. And um, so several of us, my daughter and I and several other people, jumped in and started scheduling appointments with people to, so that they could come back and give blood. We were taking names and numbers so that we could get a call list going to call them back. Meanwhile, others were coming, going to the store and coming back with bottles of water for all the people that were in line. And I just knew from that is when I felt like we're going to be okay. Because this is our neighbors. And we're all taking care of each other right now. And so that was just such a hopeful moment in my life. Well, thank you for that moment helped me get through it. Thank you for sharing it. And it's going to help all of us get through today's anniversary. And it's exactly what we're here for with Dr. David Dean, Associate Professor of History at Grand Canyon University, sharing what you remember about the hope of 9-12. Sure. And, and, you know, 9-12, I, like you, was shocked on 9-11. I'm a person that watches the news, flips between as many news channels as I can. And I was probably up all night watching. And then on 9-12, it's it, you know, it's settling in now, and that's when the stories of people helping, the heroism, the just, you know, going to the Red Cross. Um, newspapers started to have full-page ads from companies like American Express and uh, Bank One at the time. Hey, get out, give blood. American Red Cross, big ad, uh, have people come out. The community was rallying around. And we mentioned before about flags. A little company in St. Louis, the uh, All States Flag and Banner Company in St. Louis, by September 14th, two days later, three days later, they had over 3 million requests for flags in their little five-person office. That's how people were responding. Wow. Wow. How how do you get 3 million requests in three days at the the time? The orders, you know, I mean, coming in. I mean, that's... A, a massive amount, and the internet was not very old yet. <laughs> right, right. It was There's no way that many phone calls came in. <laughs> right. So somehow or another, they're just they're just you know the orders are pouring in because people are out of the stores and the hardware stores and places are out of stock and things, and they're making flags. So it wasn't individual orders. It could be the Walmart of Arizona right, right. asking for another half a million flags. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's awesome. Well, I can remember reassuring people. At the time, I said, look, it, it hurt. That hurt a lot. But, but we're America. Um, you will hear in a lot of stories that it was the worst terrorist event on American soil. Now, if I lived in 1812 and I saw the British burning down my White House, um, that seems pretty impactful. I'd be pretty upset that day. Sure. Well, and the War of 1812, of course, was a significant day. It's probably one of the the, the toughest for Americans at the time um, because, yes, the British came and sacked the capital. Uh, they're bombarding our forts. They're, they're attacking not only just up in Washington, D.C., but up in the northern part and down in New Orleans. And so there's a lot of comparisons. But one of the things about that is that's a nation state attacking another nation state. And that's not a terrorist attack. It doesn't meet that definition. It certainly was a, a bad day, but it's not necessarily a terrorist day. There are other examples like the Oklahoma bombing, uh, 9-11, of course. Uh, the, the towers had been attacked before 1993. Those are the t- kind of terrorist attacks that we kind of come to. Even Pearl Harbor, 
sometimes gets compared because of the surprise and shock. People reacted in many of the same ways, but the events itself are more nation states against nation states as opposed to this clandestine terrorist. We don't really know what this enemy's face is, and now we have to notice all that. You bring up Pearl Harbor, and um, of course, I was born a little bit after that. So I can kind of relate to the kids that have been born the last 15 years, didn't experience it. But I'll never forget, I was working for a man by the name of David Dace, Dace Painting Company. And this is about 1984. And he drops me off at a home in the Encanto Historic District and says, "Um, let me show you what she wants done. And we're going to repaint this basement. And I go down in her basement and uh, she's got, it's like a museum in this basement and I, I for the life of me i cannot remember this woman's name but about halfway through the morning i'm finishing prepping and getting ready to break out the paint she comes downstairs with some donuts and coffee and we start visiting she was a survivor of pearl harbor and this just happened to be december 7th about 1984 1985 wow and She went on for two hours with tears running down her cheeks, talking about being in the shower and her window in the shower. She could see the harbor and she watched the entire thing standing in her shower. Mm -hmm. And uh, but like you say, that's. But we weren't at declared war, so that's different than 1812, right? Right. It's different. Uh, uh, the Japanese, of course, right afterwards, are, they're making a declaration of war. But there was already tensions worldwide. Uh, the Axis powers were already formed. War was breaking out in Europe already. It was only a matter of time for America was coming into the war. And um, um, Imperial Japan's aggression was, was had its eyes on uh, the American soil to try to stop them from us from retaliating against them in their expansion. Um, but again, those are geopolitical things that have deep roots in diplomacy and in nation states and those things, whereas terrorism, it's ideological and it's, uh, um, it's there to, to create an emotional reaction to disrupt and destroy, not to necessarily conquer whatnot. So now like this, you, this, this book you've brought in, what is that? So I brought in the uh, actually official authorized edition of the 9-11 Commission Report. Is that is that like riveting reading? It's absolutely nail-biting reading. It's a page-turner. Uh, they even have a few pictures in it. Um, so you're saying it's a flo- government snoozer. It's a, yeah, tr- yes. Um, but uh, the interesting thing about it is the recommendations section in the back. So this, after, after uh, bipartisan committees from Congress investigated 9-11, asked what happened, how can you do better, those things, overwhelmingly the re- recommendations come about is about unity. More unity of purpose from Congress, more unity between agencies sharing information and trying to set up. This is where we get the Homeland Security, the TSA and those things, because the idea was to bring together the failures of 9-11 were not that we were unprepared. It's just that we didn't realize that we needed a more unified response. And so taking the lessons just from the people around and their efforts uh, Congress and this report really comes to a conclusion that the only way that we can be prepared again is with a unity of purpose. And I think that that phrase, unity of purpose, is really what uh, Americans were already experiencing and doing. Here's what I want everybody to think about in our last break. When we come back, what will it take to restore the unity? I don't want to go through another 9-11. 
but I've had it about up to here with the disunity that keeps us from getting anything done. What can we do? I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out to listeners, text us, call us, and we're going to go around the table right here in studio. What can we do to maintain the unity without having to suffer another event like that? Had a texture send in a thank you, Rosie, for bringing this up. I, I completely forgot. You talked about all the flags that were ordered on 912. He said he ordered enough red, white, and blue Christmas lights uh, to do his whole house. And it looked like, uh, to, to do his whole roof, it was a, he says, it looked like a, quote, patriotic Griswold house in the Moon Valley area and had it lit up every night for a year. And Matt texted in to say, turn off the news and turn off social media to gain unity. And I'd have to agree. Oh, so uh, that's that one, one, one listener's con- contribution to our effort. What, what can we do to restore the unity of 9-12? And Barbara from Sun City says, thank you, Rosie. She's hung her flag and hopes KTAR and all stations will encourage people to do it all day long. So let's go around the room. What can we do to restore the unity that we saw politically, economically, and socially? Is it possible? Can mankind maintain that kind of objective third-party vision? I, th- I think so. I'm going to go a little slightly different direction. Okay. Uh, Americans are, are, are proud of the fact that we are individuals. We have individual freedoms and individual rights. And, and that has been at the forefront of our public discourse for quite a bit in the last few years. And I think that that has replaced a sense of nationalism that provides that. It's about a focus in my perspective in that – if everybody's focused on their individual rights, then we're stopping thinking about not just the rights, but the care and the unity of others. How do we get along? Because we're really worried about protecting these things. And not that those are bad. I think that those are important conversations we have. But we can't lose sight of the fact that we are all Americans. And this is the place that people want to come to because it offers opportunity, freedom, liberty, and all those things that our flag stands for. Thank you for that. Romy, want to contribute to this? What can we do to restore the unity of 912? You know, I, I guess this isn't a direct answer to that either. Um, I, I don't I don't know that I, I have an answer. Um, but something that comes back very simple, uh, Pastor Skip asked of West Valley Bible Church, said, you know, there's, you know, the, we've got this Bible and all these messages and you know, our, our services are every week, and you've got Bible studies, and, you know, it all comes back, and he, and he just summed it up. Love God, love people. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. All right. Miss Jennifer. I would say a big amen to that. I think also just um, a return to respect. You know, stop the spin. Stop trying to make your point at the sake of truth. Respect manners towards others. And learning to think, you know, teaching our young people to think for themselves. Mr. Gary D. There's a difference between freedom of speech and responsible speech. I'll leave it at that. All right. And I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here. 
I was exposed to some material this past summer by an organization called Forge Leadership. They're out of Dayton, Ohio. And they train interns to go serve on Capitol Hill. And one of the classes that they give these interns is an orientation on justice. And they made a point that has rung inside my head since I heard it back in May over and over and over again. Thinking about justice. Don't put your skeptical heart on. Don't put your cynic heart on. But anytime somebody puts a modifier or an adjective in front of the word justice, be aware they're probably building a platform to build an agenda. Why can't we just focus on justice rather than each and separate category of justice? And that has rattled in my head. And for those of us that are given the obligation to try and get our head and our heart and our soul around that thought, know this, it's our obligation to love every one of those people that are putting adjectives and modifiers in front of the word justice. And in everyone recognizing differences with manners and with respect, I would hope mankind, particularly American citizens, could get back to where we could get something done with a unity that we've seen on multiple occasions through the history of this great country, which I will tell you, in my humble opinion, is the greatest civilized society to ever occupy planet Earth. And I challenged y'all, if you knew anybody that wanted to argue with that, I said, call my cell number. Here's my cell number, 602-309-3358. We're talking about unity here, America. We're talking about manners. We're talking about love, but we're not talking about being sheep.